Hey guys, I hope you're doing well, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Matt, and welcome to episode 62 of the Junior Golf Keys podcast presented by Golf Zone Ledbetter. Golf Zone Ledbetter includes a global network of 40 academies across 15 different countries, as well as Ledbetter University, which offers education and certification for teaching professionals around the world. To learn more about Golf Zone Ledbetter, you can visit the website at www.ledbetter.com or download the free Golf Zone Ledbetter app in your app store today to access content for players, coaches, and parents. So this is the third of five lost episodes that were recorded but never published. And our guest this week is Noah Kumar, who is in his second year at Florida Southern College. Uh, Noah and I had a really good conversation, and I'm excited for you guys to learn a little bit about his journey. Um, He's had quite a journey, had a really rapid improvement in his golf game when his family relocated to Florida in 2017. He was ranked uh, by Junior Golf Scoreboard in the 2000s, and by 2019, just a couple years later, Noah worked his way up to number 92 on the Junior Golf Scoreboard rankings and was the number one ranked player in Florida by the Florida High School Athletic Association. So um, obviously really rapid improvement, like I said, and a really good conversation that Noah and I had. I will note that we had a little bit of trouble recording. Um, There's a couple uh, cutouts that we had to kind of splice together and maybe the last third of the uh, episode, there's a little bit of overlap in some of the questions and some of the answers, but overall, I think the conversation flowed really well and I think that you guys are gonna take away some really good information from this episode. So. We're going to dive into his journey to learn more about the path and approach that he took in developing his game. Uh, We're going to talk about achieving incremental success along the way and how he earned his spot at Florida Southern. Uh, We're going to discuss goal setting, planning, practice routines, statistics, course management, keeping your composure, uh, staying level-headed. We're going to talk about mental focus And Noah's also going to give us a little bit of advice uh, for parents and players. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation and I really appreciate you tuning in. I'd love it if you guys would connect with me. Uh, I've got a new website up, juniorgolfkeys.com. Not a whole lot of content going on there, but it does link to all the social media platforms. I would love to connect with you all on social media as well. Uh, With the new website, got a new email address. Uh, You can reach me at matt at juniorgolfkeys.com. Uh, So as always, I would love to hear from you all. Um, Always looking for feedback on the podcast. Would love to know what topics you guys want to learn about. Uh, If there's any specific guests that you're interested in learning from, you know, I'll do my best uh, to try to get them onto the show. And, you know, really this podcast is for you all, uh, the listeners, to bring you content that's going to help you navigate through your junior golf journey, whether you're a parent or a player or maybe even a coach that's tuning in. So really appreciate your guys' attention. Stay tuned. I'll be back with this week's guest, Noah Kumar. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. I've got Noah Kumar, a freshman at Florida Southern College with me this morning. Noah, how you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to to jump in and have a conversation with you. We've never met in person, but um, you know, you're playing golf right in my backyard here in the Sarasota, Florida area, and uh, exciting to have a local player um, that's you know had a lot of success on the podcast to kind of share your journey and your path and help some of these junior golf families and young players uh, navigate their own path. So, um, can you just kind of start off just for context for the audience? Tell us a little bit about how you got started in the game of golf, how you got introduced, and then kind of walk us through what your journey's been through so far. Yeah, totally. So um, I started golf probably when I was about two or three. Um, my grandfather gave me a set of yard clubs, and I'd actually hit with the uh, back of them because uh, they're right-handed yard clubs, and that's how we figured out that I was left-handed. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's how I kind of got into the sport, and, you know, I slowly – 
got into it. Uh, I didn't start taking it seriously until probably about eight or nine. Uh, that's when I started playing like the U S kids, local events and stuff. Um, and then I just really got the golf bug. Um, and I started playing a lot more tournaments. Uh, I used to live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So you no, know, yeah. we only played six months out of the year. Um, yeah. and I'd only play so many events and then we moved down to Sarasota, in 2016 um that i started playing a lot of uh multiple day events and then uh started getting pretty good at golf um and uh you know that's kind of how my uh college journey started so yeah yeah um yeah when you moved down to florida i mean obviously started taking the game more seriously uh, you know, I, I had read an article where, you know, at that time, or maybe just after it might've been the year after, um, you had kind of set some goals for yourself talking about, you know, junior rankings, junior golf scoreboard. I think at the time you were maybe ranked in the two thousands, um, and you set some goals for yourself and, you know, ultimately got within the top 100 in the, uh, you know, national rankings through junior golf scoreboard. Can you just kind of talk about, um, uh, you know, once you figured out that, you know, you're going to start taking golf more seriously and, you know, you kind of set your sights on, on those rankings, it sounded like that was something that was important to you. Um, you know, what, just kind of walk us through that. What was your thought process, you know, kind of where you stood currently and then, you know, incrementally kind of how you worked your way up that ranking board. Yeah, totally. So I, uh, I was probably ranked around 25 to 2700 around April of my sophomore year. And I told myself, like, you know, colleges are going to start looking at me eventually. I just need to start playing some good golf. And I had to set some goals for myself in order to have coaches look at me Um, Mm. because they're not going to look at someone or that's what I thought, at least, that was around that upper 2000s rank. So, yeah, I told myself by the end of August, I want to be top 500 on junior golf scoreboard. Okay. and I had some smaller goals um, that were leading up to that. Um, obviously, I wanted to crack 2,000 and 1,000. Um, and then I had a, a bunch of other goals on, you know, with my golf game, um, like trying to work on putting because uh, that used, used to uh, really hold me back in golf tournaments. Okay. Um, I have a pretty bad mental block with putting. Um, but so I worked on that pretty hard. Um, and I played probably about six or seven events from the span of April to August, maybe, maybe more. Um, and I had three top 10 finishes in AJGA opens, uh, which really helped my ranking. Um, and I skyrocketed from 27, 2700 or so to about 350 by the end of August. Oh, wow. So, um, so you crushed that goal. Yeah, I, I destroyed it. Uh, I was really proud of myself, but I knew that I'm only going to get better if I keep on setting goals like that for myself. So I kept on mm-hmm. doing it. Um, and I played a couple events throughout that year. Uh, and what was it? 2018. Um, yeah. and in 2019 as well. I uh, played in some Florida Junior Tour events. I uh, won back-to-back uh, events in February and March of 2019, which definitely helped my confidence. Um, and then I kind of took that confidence over into the summer uh, when I played U.S. Junior. I uh, played pretty well over there. And, you know, like competing on a big stage like that definitely – I mean, I didn't think I was ready for it. I didn't really set high expectations for myself, but after I competed and I, cont- I mean, I, I want to say contended, but you know, I, I was right there with the top guys. So I knew that I could play college golf at a high level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to stay on that topic of, of goal setting for a second. Cause I think that that's just a, it's a really big piece of making, you know, that incremental progress and um, just 
I guess continuing to identify, you know, every time that you step out there, you know, what you're working towards. I think that that's something that's really important for young players to understand. Um, and I kind of want to take that, like, you know, as you described your goal setting and kind of back into, um, with setting those goals, how did you then kind of, I guess, reverse engineer, all right, if this is where I want to get from a ranking perspective, you know, that means that I've got to shoot lower scores. In order to shoot lower scores, I've got to work on X, Y, and Z. I know you mentioned your putting, um, but kind of talk us through, you know, setting those goals. And then, you know, when you took a step back to figure out, all right, I've got this goal. How am I going to get there? What that made you do in terms of crafting your practice and playing routines? Yeah, so um, I I'd obviously set my goals, um, and they were all – most of them were, like, ranking-based, and then I had my smaller goals um, with my practice. Um, I'd Most of the time, I'd go out and play and just try to score as low as I can um, mm-hmm. because knowing that I can go low is – a huge confidence booster when you're out on the golf course in a tournament. Um, yeah. Because I mean, say you're, I don't know, six or seven under and you're used to it, you know what it feels like and you feel like you can take it deeper if, if you need to. Yeah. And, you know, having doing that in a, a practice setting definitely helps. Um, and then I'll, I mean, I play a lot and then I'll, I used to practice here and there, um, not as much as I used to, or not, no, I, sorry. <laughs> um, That's all right. No, I, so I, I practice a lot more now, um, but I, I used to just go out and play. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't practice much, but I started, you know, if I wanted to change something in my swing, I really started to, uh, go and practice and just try to work it out. And, you know, if I hit a couple hundred balls, it would, I'd normally fix it within a week. So um, I I just really pushed myself when I was in practice. Um, If like, I I wanted to see the results immediately. And obviously it's not going to, it's not going to be like that, but you really want it to. So, I'd go out and practice until like, I I can't hold the golf club anymore. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about what, what were some of those goals that you set for yourself in practice? And there's a term out there that I've talked about before uh, with actually uh, somebody that I've got another episode coming out with him soon. uh, Jake Zwig, who is the director of man development, uh, player development at the University of Illinois for the football team. Mm-hmm. And he talks about a concept called uh, persistent practice, um, where you're setting a goal, uh, a measurable goal within practice, where you're you know, then able to grade yourself basically on you know, how you're making progress within your practice. Can you talk to us about what some of those goals were for your practice sessions? Yeah. So, I mean, for my practice sessions, um, some like for when I'm hitting irons and whatnot, I'll usually set a stick down probably about, I don't know, eight, eight feet in front of me and have it sticking in the ground and I'll try to work shots around it. Um, that's been a huge one for me over the, over the past couple of years, um, working shots left to right or right to left. It, um, definitely helps coming into greens, like accessing a couple different pins, yeah. uh, if need be. Um, and say I want to hit like 10 or 15 shots in a row around the left, the left side of that stick, I'm going to do it. Um, and I kind of measure that by how many I hit without missing it to the right. Okay. So you start um, over if you miss. Yes. Yeah. I'd miss. Um, and then for putting, I do, um, this drill, uh, where I'd set up. 10 tees around a hole and there would be it's it's two sets of five tees and it'll be from three feet to i think eight so and i'll go around it twice so i'm hitting 20 putts there and i want to be making at least 16 out of the 20 of those putts and if i don't i'll restart it do it until i finish the uh, drill 
And that's yeah. been a huge one for me because I, I've seemed to struggle from three to eight feet. Like I'm not converting those shots, those putts. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, I consider myself a good ball striker. Um, and I think what separated me a couple years ago to where I was now, like I wasn't making those putts. I wasn't yeah, converting yeah. those birdies. So yeah. that's something I implement in my practice a lot. Yeah, that's, um, I love that method. I want to even kind of like go back even further and dig into this a little bit deeper if we could. So um, I love that process, but it took you another process to even get there. I imagine, Um, you know, how did you know that you were missing, you know, three to eight foot putts? Is that something that you just, you know, thought about after, you know, several rounds? Is that something you're tracking you know so that you knew hey my approach shots were you know x proximity from the hole and you were able to you know stack some data up to support you know how you were then gonna shift your focus and those practice routines sorry so so i started using uh taylor made my round pro to uh track my statistics for tournament rounds and i'd see like oh i'd be positive strokes gained with my approach shots but i lose shots around the green so i'd go out and work mm-hmm. on my putting after and work until it i'm seeing some kind of progress in tournaments and then i started using decade golf uh probably about six or seven months ago um and it's very similar to the TaylorMade app but i feel like it teaches you how to improve upon uh your stroke gain so i had i had an issue yeah. with my driver over the summer, uh, I picked up a, a decent amount of clubhead speed and I'd, it, it kind of taught me to take some, take less club off the tee and then be aggressive with that club as much as possible. So I'll take a, okay. a, a conservative club and then swing aggressively towards the target. Um, gotcha. And then I, it definitely helped me um, be a little bit more patient on the golf course as well. Um, you know, just taking, just going through my process on the golf course and I'm not forcing anything. Um, cause yeah. before like, Oh, I need to make this, this, and this to get top 10 or something, something like that. I I'm sure now focusing on my process for each shot instead of worrying about what the outcome needs to be. Yeah, that's a tough place to get to, I feel like, for any golfer, but, you know, young players especially, it's really tough to, I guess, just have that discipline and patience. Um, You know, obviously, any golfer, I still find myself doing it, you know, as you're going through a round, you're evaluating, you know, where do I stand? And, uh, you know, trying to think about that end number, which, you know, sometimes if you're coming down the stretch, and, you know, you're trying to win a golf tournament and you know you need to make a couple birdies, you know, coming down the stretch, then, you know, it's good to apply that pressure to yourself. But I think for the most part, if you can put yourself in a mental space to, you know, back off, like you said, one shot at a time, focus on the process, not the end result. Um, ultimately, those end results are going to be more in line with what your goals are than if you're just focusing on, you know, that result the entire way around. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love that concept. I love how you walk through, you know, kind of the, the statistics part of it, which helps you focus on the areas that you need to practice. And then, you know, talking through, you know, some of those specific measurable practice goals, I think is, you know, a, a great thing for any junior to do. Um, any golfer really uh, can benefit from, you know, taking that type of an approach. So, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Is there any other advice that you would give uh, young players that, you know, just in terms of evaluating their own games and setting goals for themselves? Um, what I'd say, uh, I mean, make your goals, set your, set your goals pretty high, but also attainable as well, because you don't want, you don't want to set it too high where you're struggling almost to reach that goal. Um, I mean, obviously you should set like one main, one main goal and then have a bunch of other smaller goals along the way. So it's not, so you're slowly 
getting better as opposed to just reaching for one big goal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, you know, as you move through that and you, you know, check off those smaller goals, you're gaining additional confidence and momentum as you work towards that larger goal. Is that the thought yeah, process totally. there? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I want to go back to, you were talking about, you know, we kind of dove down the rabbit hole of, you know, your practice routines and what you're doing on the, on the practice tee and short game facility and stuff like that. Um, but you were talking about your practice rounds also. And when you go out, you know, just trying to shoot, you know, the lowest scores that you can. Um, I think that in today's game, you know, you see a lot of the players that are rising to the top, you know, in the junior rankings and the professional rankings, college rankings, um, you know, guys are going low all the time. And if you want to win a golf tournament, it's putting, you know, three or four rounds together that, you know, you're going deep every single round. Um, you, you were quoted after uh, a tournament that you won, I think, during that stretch in 2019, um, where you won like nine tournaments or matches back to back. And um, you said that I expect to shoot this every time, 67 or 66, but I'm not perfect. So it's not going to happen every time. Can you just talk about what that means? Yes. Um obviously just try to go as low as possible in those high school events. Um, I was playing a lot of target golf because you can't really, when you're playing shorter yardages like that, you can't, I mean, take driver the whole way around the course. So I'm thinking around yeah. the golf course a little bit more and I'll just hit my two iron or three wood to point A and then hit it to point B, make the putt move on. Um, you know, if I made a bogey, or two, you know, I quickly reset and started making birdies to bounce back from it. Um, yeah. So I think I, I just try to make as many birdies as possible during that high school season. Yeah. Is that a different approach than you take, um, say out in, you know, one of those AJGA opens that you, you know, place really high. Is that a, is that a different approach that you're taking out on those courses that maybe are a different yardage. Cause I mean, distance is such a huge conversation in the game of golf and it's, you know, continued to evolve over the past few years, um, you know, distance off the tee box, swing speed, that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about that approach in a high school match setting um, because historically that's a very traditional way of approaching the golf course. You know, you hit it to a number, you know, you, you point a, as you call it, uh, you hit it to point B, make the putt and move on. Um, but you know, as the, as the course changes, as the setup's a little bit different, especially going, you know, into college, uh, those distances get longer, tough, tougher courses. Um, how does that approach change in from a high school match to a ranked tournament to a college tournament? You know, what, what are the adjustments? Well, that you I feel there? like, well, I'm hitting driver a lot more in those, in the AJG tournaments and the, in the amateur events. So I'm obviously trying to hit it as far down as possible. And then usually the pin locations are a lot tougher too. So I'm yeah. not going to always play for a pin because it might be two or three paces off the edge. Um, so I'll play towards the middle of the green and just try to make a 20 footer. Um, but when I okay. do see a pin that's maybe four or five paces from the edge, maybe a little bit further away, I'll start going for it. Um, play a little bit more aggressive with it. Um, or I'll get to a hole where, you know, it fits my eye off the tee. Um, I normally play a draw. So for me, a left to right shot is what I like to see, uh, since I'm lefty. So if I hit that tee shot, well, I'm going to probably go for, go for a pin, um, because I'm probably going to be in position in the middle of fairway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that approach. And so when you're going through that process, I mean, maybe a little bit differently with high school matches because high school matches and I grew up playing high school golf, typically you're not playing practice rounds, but at the same time, uh, you know, you're probably playing on some familiar courses because they're local tournaments that you can typically get access to some of those courses, but you know, maybe in that arena, but definitely in, you know, the, 
more ranked tournament type environment. Talk to us about practice rounds and kind of what that prep work looks like when you're planning out how you're going to attack a golf course. In yeah. The so for my practice rounds, um, if I've seen the course before, I'm going to usually go out there and take a little bit more notes. Maybe I'll pay attention to something I haven't seen before. Um, maybe okay. I need to hit it in this spot to attack this pin or something like that. Um, or I'll yeah. see like a, a ridge in the green that I didn't really notice before. Um, and if I'm playing a course that I haven't seen before, I'll usually go out and just try to see what I shoot. And so I have some kind of expectation as to what I can do in a tournament setting. Uh, that might be different mm -hmm. from what a lot of other people do. Um, but it seemed to work for me in the past. Um, so I, I just like doing that in practice rounds where I haven't seen the golf course. And then I'll obviously take notes yeah. and whatnot um, from those practice rounds and I'll kind of get a lay of the land. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what, what I can and can't do on the golf course. Yeah. So when you say it may be a little bit different than what other people do. Was there a process that it took you to try to figure out what worked for you? I mean, did you try to, you know, go through and take notes a certain way or, you know, go through a practice round a certain way. And then you just were able to figure out what was the best way for you to do it for you personally, or how did that so process I've, work for you? All, like in practice rounds, I've almost always <laughs> kept score, which is, is definitely different from most people. Like you'll, you'll see a lot of people, uh, yep. especially on tour, they'll just kind of hit a bunch of balls around the greens and they'll kind of get a lay of the land. Um, and they're not usually playing like a full 18 holes. They'll just kind of, I mean, hit a few shots here and there. Um, and I've always yep. played my way around the golf course. Cause usually when I'm on the golf course, I'm there to play golf. I'm there to, I mean, shoot a number. So I, yeah, that's always kind of stuck with me in practice rounds ever since I started playing tournament golf. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's multiple ways to get it done. And I, I mean, that's just the uniqueness of the game of golf, right? Is, you know, there's a lot of different ways to swing it. Um, you can stand on either side of the ball, obviously, you know, you're, you're on the, uh, you know, swinging left-handed there, but um, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to get it done. And I think just going through that process of trying to figure out what works for you the best um, in your practice routines and your practice rounds, you know, uh, in tournament play, those types of things can really help a young player um, just improve incrementally and, you know, continue to push towards, you know, some of those goals they have. I uh, want to shift a little bit and talk about your college recruiting process. Um, what yeah, did that look so like for you? I started, um, I started getting recruited in summer of 2018, I believe. Yeah. So um, Coach White at Florida Southern was actually the first person to look at me um, back in June of 2018. So it was my first AJGA Open, um, and he just really liked how I composed myself on the golf course. Um, and we kind of carried that relationship over into the summer. Uh, he saw me play in a couple of good tournaments, and he was the first person to offer me as well. And I actually committed on the spot. Um, in November. So, okay. uh, I got a couple yeah. other looks from colleges. I'm not going to say who, uh, but, um, yeah. I, I just tried to play as well as I could in those tournaments. And, you know, obviously they'll, they'll come to you if you're playing, playing good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a very objective measurable, component when it comes to scoring and college coaches. I've had this conversations with a lot of top college coaches around the country. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of those things where, you know, you're either shooting the scores or you're not. Um, it's pretty black and white when it comes to that, but you said something that I think is really important. I just want to dive into it a little bit deeper. Um, you said that coach white really liked how you composed yourself. And, uh, what, what does that mean? So to you? I try to stay as, even keel throughout the round as, as possible. Um, sometimes, I mean, I'll show a little bit more emotion than I'd, I'd rather, um, but I'll try to stay as level-headed as possible. And I think he really liked that uh, in me as a player. And 
you know, staying level-headed throughout the round is so important because, you know, say you make a double or something there, here or there, it happens. You just got to move on and just play golf. Uh, just try to make birdies and whatnot. Yeah. So accepting that there are going to be bad holes is the first step in trying to be as level-headed as possible. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I mean, that kind of takes me back to that quote that I read earlier, you know, that, that you made after um, winning one of those tournaments in 2019, where you're talking about, it's not going to happen every time. So it's, it's an interesting mindset. And I think it's a great mindset to be in where you expect to go low every single time, but also have in your head that, you know, it may not happen every time. So I think it kind of aligns with what we're talking about here in terms of that composure on the golf course. Um, what does that do, I guess, for your confidence to know that you can, or just taking that mental approach where, Hey, I know I can go low. I know I can compete with these guys. You're talking about the U S junior and, you know, on that stage, you know, really started figuring out that, Hey, I'm playing with some of the best guys out here and I can hold my own. Um, and then just also having the realization that, Hey, I'm not perfect. Golf is a game of imperfect shots. And, um, you know, I, I just love that approach. Can you yeah, talk about so, that a I little mean, bit more? It, it's definitely helped my confidence a lot. I mean, going out there and, and trying to make as many birdies as possible definitely boosts the confidence. And the more you make, obviously, the more confident you're going to feel. Um, and, I mean, yeah. you're going to make bogeys and, and doubles. They, they happen. So, I, I mean, you just can't let that deflate your confidence. Um, I mean, yeah. it. you might make a stupid bogey here or there. I mean, sure, you could have done something different, but – it's in the past. You got to move on. So, I mean, I right. try to stick to that model as best as I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one. Have you had any coaches or mentors along the way that have, you yeah. know, helped shape that mentality? Yeah, totally. And so for you? Uh, I work with a mental coach. Her name's Marianne Thomas. Um, and she does, uh, what is it called? Mind Reset Golf. Um, and she's okay. in uh, North Carolina. And I started working with her okay. when I would still lived up in Pittsburgh. So seventh, eighth grade. And we worked on uh, some words that resonated with me. Uh, and they stick in my yardage book holder. Uh, and I'll kind of look through those before I hit a shot. And like, uh, I'll, it'll just kind of stick in the back of my head. And it's this kind of positive encouragement before I hit a shot. So I'm not focusing on like, Oh, don't hit it there. Like, Oh, I'm confident that I'm going to hit this shot here. I mean, it may not be the word confidence, but it's, it's something similar to that. Is that something that no, are those consistent I, they, words or are those? They've changed over the years. Um, I've stuck to a, a set three, okay. uh, which are I, my words, I guess, that kind of just stick with me. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> are you willing to share? Um, so. Okay. That's um, fine. Yeah, they've, they've uh, definitely stuck with me for probably the past year and a half i mean i could switch a couple of them up if i wanted to but i mean i'm playing some okay yeah. golf right now so i'll stick to it yeah yeah for sure and i mean so uh, i know you don't want to go into the specific words but conceptually um are there words that boost your confidence ease your mind um you know generate more focus for you yeah, is so that they, I pretty mean, accurate i have i mean i'll, sh I'll share one word so like I'm on the putting green. I, I tend to think a lot, um, uh, probably way too much. Okay. Uh, I'll second guess myself quite a bit and then I'll look at my word and it's assured, uh, like utmost, utmost confidence in my ability. So I kind of apply that like, okay, it's maybe a left center putt stick to it. All right. Don't second guess yourself. It's a left center putt. Yeah. Hit it. Yeah. Um, so that kind of takes the, yeah. the second guessing out of it and just trusting my gut. 
Yeah, that's such a big thing in golf, too. I mean, I can't remember who specifically I was just listening to recently talk about this, but essentially what they're talking about is, you know, you get up to the ball, you get your yardage, you figure out what type of shot you want to hit, um, you know, factoring in the wind elements, all that kind of stuff. You pull a club and then you're, you know, maybe walking up to address the ball and you do second guess yourself. You know, maybe let's say you pulled an eight iron and, you know, you maybe felt a little bit of a wind gust or, you know, just second guess. Maybe I should have pulled the seven iron mentally. Um, uh, they say, or at least a, a big conversation that's out there is that we want to take that first approach, uh, you know, go with your gut feeling and just commit to that first shot. Is that yeah, totally sort so, of help you I mean, with that? That's something I've taken over into tournament golf. Cause when you're out just playing for fun or you're playing like a little exhibition match with your buddies, you know, you just kind of pull a club and you don't really think about it much. Um, so that's why I try to take over in a tournament right. golf as much as possible. Um, all right. Or, yeah. I mean, I've started to take notice in that in the past couple of months and I'm trying to implement that in my game now. So, um, that's definitely really helped just going with your first gut feeling. Yeah. Yeah. What about from a technical perspective? Um, is there a lot? that you've worked on over the past couple of years yeah, so technically with anybody used to be really wacky. Um, I, I like my freshman year of high school, <laughs> I hit this like 30 yard sling hook. I mean, I was consistent with it, but okay. you, you're not going to play a 30 yard hook with every shot and go low with it. So um, I've worked with sure. John Bullis, um, who used to work out at Lakewood Ranch a Golf Academy. Now he works over here at Laurel Oak. Yep. Uh, and he definitely okay. helped me along the way, kind of clean everything up with my posture and whatnot. Posture and alignment have been huge for me uh, because usually I'm aiming too far left or too normally too far left because uh, I'm always used to hitting that draw. Um, so yep. we've definitely cleaned that up a bit. And then I started working with Andy Scott uh, probably about two years ago um, down in Fort Myers. Uh, and he's really helped me with, you know, just the, the course management and the uh, just my setup. And, you know, I, every time I go to him, I come back fresh and I feel like I can go stupid low on the golf course. Like I, I feel so free on the golf course yeah. when, after I see him, like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. 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 When you, when you like, take it back to when, you know, when you said your swing was pretty whack, um, were you still shooting pretty decent scores or you saw some glimpses of, you know, you went low a couple times and, there just was a little I, bit of a lack of consistency there. Yeah. Or... So like, I wouldn't say they were great scores. I mean, like for someone that played only six months out of the year, I'd say it was pretty good. Um, like mid, mid to low seventies. Um, you know, I didn't, okay. once I started fine tuning everything and get it getting everything a little bit sharper, um, the scores definitely came because, my miss was a lot, my dispersion was a lot tighter. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And the reason I'm asking that, and I think it's just a good topic for, for parents to hear about and for players that are listening is, you know, if you're just starting out or you're fairly new to the game and from a technical standpoint, don't really have it all together. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I think that, you put yourself out on the golf course. You obviously mm -hmm. got to be able to get the ball out there. Right. Um, otherwise you're just miserable on the golf course and it's not any fun, but you know, if you're in a place where you can put the ball out there, um, it's maybe just not as consistent, but you know, you can get the ball around. And like you said, you know, mid to low seventies, you know, fairly green in the game is, is a good place to be. Um, I think sometimes young players lose sight of golf as a game of getting the ball in the hole. And uh, especially at a real young age, go super deep into the technical aspects of it, which 
can kind of suck the fun out of it a little bit. Um, and so I, I guess I just kind of want your thoughts on that. Like, do you believe that it is a good approach to go out there and just try to figure out how to get the ball around and get the ball in the hole um, first versus before, you know, really diving into the technical stuff or, you know, is it a good idea to get super technical and then try to score after that? And maybe it's a combination of both. Yeah. I, I definitely say it's a combination are. of both. I mean, you're not going to the golf course and playing to go play golf swing. You that's, that's for the driving range. And yeah. if you want to make some yeah. serious changes, you go to the driving range to make those changes. When you're out on the golf course, you're there to score. Mm. Um, and I think yeah, people for sure. get them mixed up a, quite a bit and they'll start. I mean, I've seen a lot of, good players, you know, get very technical on the golf course. I'm like, that's not what you're here for. And you're really going to struggle if you do that. I mean, maybe keep one or two swing thoughts in your head on the golf course, but I'm not going into full on technical on, on the, on the golf course. Like. You're not going through your routine and, you know, checkpoints and you know i need to be in this position and that position it's basically once you get out to the course you know you've got a routine for the golf course you're going through that and you're exactly. going to trick yeah. <clears throat> um can you talk a little bit about um a big topic and about 70 to 75 percent of this audience is our, our parents um can you talk a little bit about your uh parental support and um, I guess just the roles that parents have played for you and that you've played for yourself and just that whole dynamic between um, parent and child as it comes to golf and whether it's motivation or support or just anything like that, what were the dynamics for you or what are they, I guess, currently um, for you and, and what's been helpful or maybe some things that haven't been as helpful. Is there something that you can talk about to kind of help give some parents some perspective around, you know, what some good things or maybe some missteps. Yeah. So I mean, can fall into. to start off, I mean, my parents have helped me tremendously through my junior golf career. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without them. I'm really grateful for that. Um, I mean, they'll, they, they've paid for all my tournaments. They, I mean, they drive me to all of, all of them. So, I mean, I really can't thank them enough for it. Um, so when I'm out on the course, I they they just want me to go out there and have fun. I uh, enjoy myself. Don't beat yourself up too hard. Just make sure they they just really want to make sure that I'm not making a fool of myself out there. Um, and uh, you know, making a fool in what way? Causing a scene or like getting really angry. Um, yeah, yeah. So more controlling your emotions, not necessarily like, hey, we don't want you to go hit any bad shots. It's just, hey, when you hit a bad shot, yeah, exactly. Let's keep your emotions yeah. in check. I mean, it, because I'm representing them as as people as well. So when other parents look at them, they want to say like, oh, that their kid is really nice or something like that. Um, so I try to mm-hmm. um, do the best I can on the golf course. I mean, obviously, you're going to have a slip up here or there. Um, just that kind of stuff happens. Um, but when I'm on the golf course, like if I don't play well, they know, like, they obviously know, like it could have gone better, but they're not going to be on my case about it. Um, they just kind of let me be, they know that I will do what I need to do to play better the next time. Um, and sometimes I, I go a little bit too hard on myself. Uh, I'll, practice for hours on end after a round um beating myself up and they'll be like yeah. all right chill out you know take take a little break um yeah sometimes i'll i'll definitely let that get to me is there was there a process or is that is that an active conversation that you guys are having about um you know how they can best support you or is that something that just they've kind of been good at it from the jump and you know we just let it roll how it is they've been or, pretty good you know, about it the whole like? way uh through my high school and okay. junior golf career so um yeah i they just 
they don't push me too hard because they they know that I already do that enough on myself, um, or at least I try to. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, is there any advice that you would give to parents out there? I mean, I think that kind of the scenario and story that you've told out about, you know, told about the dynamics of, you know, your guys' relationship and how they support you and, you know, those types of things There's a good example. But anything additional that you would say to parents that are listening that are just looking for some advice on, you know, how they can best support um, their kids while they're out there? Yeah, I'd good. say, like, for parents, like, just give them the space when they need to. Like, say they had a bad round. All right, just give them some space. Let them breathe. Um, and a couple hours later, they'll, the kid will be fine most likely and he'll know what to do for the next round. Um, and then I, I, I mean, even if they play well, just be supportive. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's super important to, to be supportive of the kid. I mean, as a young player, you're, you're already in tune with what's going on, right? I mean, you already know if you hit a bad shot or you shot a score that you didn't want to shoot, or if you didn't control your emotions out on the golf course, there's a lot of things that you already know, um, you know, where there is a time for that conversation. Maybe it's not immediately after a round or something like that, but you know, that support system from a, from a parent's point of view is is super important. Um, and I think, I think that, you know, kids want that, they want that involvement. Um, but I, I think as many, you know, active conversations that the parents and the, and the child can have, um, just about, you know, what they need and how they can be supported and, yeah, totally. you know, those types of things I think can go a long way. Um, well, I kind of want to move towards wrapping up, but I mean, is there, I think you've shared a ton of really good information, just kind of digging into the specifics behind, you know, practice and mental and, uh, goal setting, you know, you're recruiting a little bit, uh, talking about mentors and coaches, um, any other advice that you think is just super important and that maybe I haven't pulled out of you today for, I, for players and parents that are listening? I mean, for, for players specifically, I just make sure, I mean, if, if you want to play at a college level, you got to make sure your work ethic is at top shape. I mean, what you think is, is good now needs to be twice as better. Um, and I see yeah. like there's a lot of kids with a lot of talent, but they'll not, they won't put forth the work. And it's, I'd say work ethic is far better than having talent because you can get so far with it. I mean, I was never yeah. a top, pl- like growing up, I was never a top player and you know, having that work ethic has definitely helped me move in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely a big transition when you go from, you know, playing junior rank golf or high school golf to the college stage. Um, you know, that, that talent pool shrinks a lot, right. When you take that step. So, and we really didn't get into much of that with your transition. So maybe let's touch on that for a second, if you wouldn't mind. Um, what were some of those changes, uh, that you had to make maybe mentally or physically or, you know, routine, uh, just kind of day to day stuff making that transition to college. I've, I've actually practiced more, uh, since I've been at college, uh, just the way my schedule works out, uh, cause all my classes are in the morning. It's been really strange this semester just because of COVID and whatnot. So, I mean, we're just out there playing or practicing, um, we haven't, we didn't have any tournaments, uh, with the school at all. So we just went out and played our own events, uh, if there were any. So when I was out there, I just, I'd practice, I'd get what I needed to done and I'd go out and play. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I was there like at the golf course almost every single day last semester from probably around 11 o'clock to six thirty or so. So, and then, okay. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so you're putting in some serious time. Yeah, no, I, I treat golf like it's my job. Yeah. Is that consistent with, 
<laughs> I don't want you to. I don't want you to put any teammates on blast. But uh, is that consistent with the rest of the team? Is that what you find the rest of the team doing, or do you um, think you're you know, a little I, bit different in that way? I'd say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's maybe that's maybe a tough way to to ask that question because I don't want you to put anybody out there. But um, I guess in general, I mean, you know, a lot of a, a lot of players, you know, just growing up in the junior circuit, junior rankings. I mean, you know, a lot of players that have gone to different schools. So I guess let's just take a broader approach to it. Um, do you think that that's consistent with, you know, just a lot of the players that, you know, yeah. either at Florida yeah. Southern I mean, or the people at different that schools that you grew up playing with work hard, obviously their results show. And I mean, if, I mean, if they're not working hard and it obviously shows, they know who they are. So, um, and sure, maybe that's a call for them to get better. So, and work harder. So, yeah, yeah that's that's really all I have to say about that—the work ethic part. <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's move towards wrapping up here. I know I said that a few minutes ago, but um, I like to at the end of the show just kind of toss the mic back to you um, as the guest and see if there's anything that through our conversation today or. Um, you know, just, I know we've been connecting on social media for a little while now, anything that, you know, I can answer a question or two that you want to fire back at me, um, either something that um, was prompted in this I conversation or questions for you, Matt. I mean, we, we, we've covered a lot today. Okay. Yeah, we definitely have. Um, so no worries. Yeah. I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I definitely think that this conversation is certainly going to help some you know, players and parents that are out there uh, just navigate their own journey. Which yeah, is what thank you. I really about. appreciate so you I appreciate for having taking me on. The time to do uh, it. Anything to help anyone else. <clears throat> Absolutely, man. Well, good luck in your uh, transition back for second semester next week. And um, definitely be following along and watching awesome. you progress. Thank you. Really appreciate uh, that. Looking forward to staying connected. Well, that wraps up episode 62 of the Junior Golf Keys podcast with our guest, Noah Kumar, men's golfer at Florida Southern College. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you would, make sure you go over and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And if you took any value away from this, I would love it if you shared the episode, uh, shared the podcast as a whole, You know, really trying to reach more families out there so that we can impact and help them in their journeys. Uh, as they navigate the world of junior golf. So thank you all. I appreciate it. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week with another episode of Junior Golf Keys.